The Denver Broncos have assembled their 16-man practice squad just a day after they made roster cuts to get to 53. Any surprises or standout players on the list? Plus, we hear from new Broncos kicker Will Lutz. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day every single day. You can get us for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. so make sure you subscribe. And a special shout-out to all the everydayers out there in Broncos country. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger, Site expert, predominantly orange.com. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Just a day after the madness of trying to assemble a 53-man roster, making tough decisions all across the board to put together your best initial 53 the Broncos have added to their practice squad and a variety of players who they had cut to, for the 53-man roster to formulate were able to make their way back here. But uh, Sarah, there's also some new faces that will be here in Dove Valley, more than likely beginning next week. We didn't see them uh, a good portion of them during Wednesday's practice at the Centura Health Training Center, but new faces are coming. I think it's going to be fun to see, Cody. As Sean Payton said, the Broncos will have a 69-man roster, essentially, for the season, which is obviously very nice, as we know, of course. But uh, a number of players that people will be excited to know are back on the team. I think a lot of fans out there for quarterback Ben DiNucci, right, who, you know, he he played a little bit in the preseason, kind of had the offer out there. If, If it doesn't work out on the field, you can go be a Walmart greeter like Sean Payton joked with him on the sideline, things like that. But looks like he'll be playing for the Broncos, at least on their pre, uh, their practice squad for this year. Tyler Beatty made it through to the practice squad. Matter of fact, before we talk about any more guys on the practice squad, it should be noted, none of the players that the Broncos had put on waivers were claimed by any teams. A couple guys were picked up by other teams on the practice squad, but nobody claimed. So the Broncos had fair game to bring all these guys back. And then I think, Cody, one of the defensive players that everybody's going to be really interested in knowing about uh, PJ Mustafer. He's back on the practice squad. So a couple of key names getting brought back, but the Broncos did look outside of their own roster for a number of acquisitions for the practice squad, which I think is going to be uh, kind of fascinating to see how it all unfolds here as we get closer to week one. Well, everybody was wondering, okay, hey, Denver's got four wide receivers on the 53-man roster. What are they going to do? And obviously, we knew little Jordan Humphrey was obviously back in the mix here for the Broncos. He's on the practice squad. I saw him at practice on Wednesday at the Centura Health Training Center, but they also added three new skill players from outside of Denver. They added Philip Dorsett, as we know, has played, I think, with Russell Wilson before, has some speed to him. Played for the Houston Texans last year. Sarah had 20 catches 11 of those catches were chain movers for a first down. So he does have the speed dynamic to him coming in from the Houston offense. We'll see maybe how he meshes here. He was not at practice yesterday because obviously you have to formulate some things. He's going to have to fly, do the physical and everything like that. But Dorsett, after spending training camp in the preseason with the Las Vegas Raiders, maybe gives the Broncos some 
inside intel as to maybe some of the things that they're doing that they do really well. Anything to help right now? And then uh, adding, I think, a New York Giants fan favorite, David Sills the fifth, Aaron. You know, a guy who's six foot three wide receiver, guy can go up and make some plays. Broncos quarterback coach Davis Webb has some familiarity with him as Sean Payton touched on in his post-practice press conference. So there's that. And then Lucas Kroll, who's a former New Orleans Saint. And I know everyone, we're going to get a ton of comments here on YouTube. We're going to get a ton of commentary. The Denver Saints, essentially. I don't think it's necessarily that big of a deal that Payton has dipped in and has added some Saints players, guys that he knows and trusts, guys that you know his staff has worked with before. But you know, is there anything you can shed a little bit more insight here to Broncos country that's listening about maybe a guy like David Sills the fifth and Lucas Kroll? Yeah, I know for Lucas Kroll specifically, really big time athletic score. The RAS scale, he's over nine on the RAS scale, so really good athlete there. I think he's six foot six, over two hundred sixty pounds. So this is a big dude. Uh, he transferred to Pitt and, and spent last year. He appeared in one game for the Saints last year, but last year was his rookie year. So look. I mean, Sean Payton wasn't even there. So I guess if you want to talk about guys from the Saints that he's disconnected <laughs> from, at least Lucas Kroll is one. I really like the Philip Dorsett pickup. Cody as a practice squad addition. I think that gives you an option to call him up early. David Sills, very, very fascinating. Remember, there was a couple of West Virginia teams a handful of years ago where they were just seemed like they were scoring at will. And he was part of some really productive offenses there. I think he caught 33 touchdowns in his final two seasons after cool. transitioning. He was previously a, a quarterback. So this is a guy who he, he really had a great switch position switch. And it's just he's like a in the MLB, Cody, they call some guys like quadruple A players, right? He's too good for triple A, not quite good enough for the MLB. It kind of feels like David Sills has been hovering in that kind of purgatory area. So maybe an opportunity in Sean Payton's offense can push him over the top. So I kind of like the way the Broncos did this. They kept a lot of wide receivers in the practice squad. Like you just said, only four on the active roster, one of which is Jerry Judy was injured, but you've also got now four receivers, including Michael Bandy on the practice squad. So the Broncos do have options of guys with experience guys, you know, like little Jordan Humphrey and now Michael Bandy with, who know the offense, they can come in. And, and I think there's a, a chance we could see them kind of do a little Frankenstein at the wide receiver position for at least maybe a week or two. Well, it's not a bad thing, too, because you can bring them up as you talk about game day elevation, which I think that's the plan mainly right now for little Jordan Humphrey. We'll see how maybe David Sills fits into that mix, but I think we can expect Denver to come in with a lot of 12 and 13 personnel. For those of you that are wondering, 12 personnel is one running back, two tight ends, 13 is one running back, and three tight ends. So something to keep an eye on there. In terms of, you mentioned Jerry Judy here, Sarah. Well, I want to provide an update. Saw him at practice, not practicing, right? But he was working on the side field and he was doing some light movement there as he continues to progress from the hamstring injury. So, hey, that the fact that he's doing something versus not doing anything at this juncture after pulling his hammy last week, I'd say that's a pretty solid sign, but got to be smart with it. You can't overdo it. Some other players that were on the side field during uh, Wednesday's practice, P.J. Locke was also there, Riley Moss, as he continues to ramp up from that core muscle surgery. Damari Mathis was dressed helmet and jersey, did some stuff on the side field. Same thing with Chris Manhurts. Broncos tied in, and then Demontre Jacobs was wearing a jersey only, did not do much, did some stuff on the side field, but that was really about it. And I'd say right now as the Broncos prepare for the season, obviously you want to get Jerry Judy back, but it seems like they're they're pretty healthy for the most part with a couple of guys doing some limited work here. I imagine that status and stuff will change next week and start to get some guys back 
onto the field here. But Broncos country, as you're listening or watching along here, Lockdown Broncos here today. Was there any surprises to you on the Broncos practice squad? Make sure you let us know your thoughts. If there were any surprises, head scratchers, moves that you were happy about, let us know here if you're watching or listening wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube. But our conversation is going to continue here as we do estimate some other roster moves will happen here in the next 24 hours. And it'll allow for the Broncos to make some more moves on their 53-man roster. We're taking a look at maybe some short-term IR candidates, 53-man call-ups. Well, you're going to get that on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Let me repeat that. All customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Did the Broncos do any other shuffling of the 53-man roster after the frenzy that was Tuesday and then assembling the practice squad on Wednesday? We're going to talk about all the different potential moves, I guess, as the Broncos have been kind of kind of lingering on some of these moves, Cody, until the last minute, or I guess at least it hasn't been coming public knowledge until the last minute, it feels like. But we'll discuss that and more on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Before we go any further, however, got to give a huge shout out to all of you listeners of the show. Anyone who listens to the show every day, you everydayers out there, Cody and I want to say thank you. Huge mile high salute to every single one of you. We appreciate you listening. You guys know free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts. And you can also watch on YouTube which is what I love to do, Cody. I love to watch not only our show, but other shows within the network. Just awesome to be able to just throw YouTube on the TV late at night, you know, and wherever you listen to us on the treadmill, at the store, in the car, on your way to work, whatever it might be. We're just so grateful that you choose to participate in the show and and listen every single day, as well as commenting on the show. Cody, there was a lot of comments from people just sounding off on the 53-man roster. I enjoyed looking through everybody's opinion. Seems like a lot of people upset about Alberto Kuebenam. A lot of people really excited about other aspects of the roster. So shout out to all of you that take the time to go in there and comment as well. We really greatly appreciate that. And we love getting to engage. So we've got to talk about some roster moves that maybe will be happening, Cody. It sounds like, I guess, the <laughs> as of the time we're recording this, the Broncos didn't turn any expected moves into the transaction wire we, we know there were some procedural what we call them that you know quote unquote procedural moves made to cut guys like Fabian Moreau Mike Purcell uh Quinn Bailey was another and, and those guys didn't sign anywhere else they were supposed to sign back with the Denver Broncos on Wednesday but ultimately that has yet to happen as of the time we're recording this. Is this something that's simply business as usual, or is there something more going on here? Are the Broncos maybe on Thursday going to look to dip into the additional waiver pool? I don't know exactly what to expect here, Cody, but I'm kind of interested to hear your perspective on it. Yeah. Well, I can tell you just being at practice on Wednesday, it just seemed like the, it was business as usual. And I think right now it's business as usual, though, some of these things can take maybe an extra day or so to formulate. And I think really Denver's focus primarily was 
getting guys on the practice squad, you know, going through it, you know, their own guys that they had released and then maybe looking at other guys from other teams, getting them in the building is the key. But these other moves that we do expect to happen, obviously I think really hinges on if you're going to come up to the 53 man roster. Well, there has to be some other roster moves that get made. And that's where we talk about players going on short-term injured reserve. As we heard from Broncos GM, George Payton on Tuesday, they're expected to place at least three players on short-term IR Kwan Williams is one of those players that obviously underwent ankle surgery on Monday. Then you look at Alex Palcheski, the undrafted rookie for agent offensive tackle who suffered some dislocated fingers. Apparently, you know, he's going to, I don't know if he's going to get an operation or anything like that, but more than likely he's going to be on short-term IR. It's an easy candidate for them. And that'll open up two roster spots there. And I think really the bigger question that we have here, Sarah, right now is who is that third player that is expected to go on the short-term IR? It could be Riley Moss. It could be P.J. Locke, though I would say I saw P.J. Locke at practice, you know, not dressed, not doing anything, doing some stuff on the side field, but he's continuing to work his way back. The fact that he was there kind of still gives me maybe some questions as to, okay, hey, who is that third guy that they're going to place on there? So there is that. No confirmation just yet, but we expect as the time that we're sitting down talking about it here on the podcast, maybe a move is going to happen after we're done, or maybe a move is going to happen Thursday morning as people are listening or getting ready for the commute to work. But what is expected to happen when those three moves make, the expected three ad- additions to the 53-man roster are going to be the guys that you mentioned. It's going to be Mike Purcell. It's going to be Quinn Bailey, as Mike Cliss had pointed out for us. And it's also going to be Fabian Moreau, a cornerback. And that adds yet another guy to the Broncos. I mean, what does that make now? There's seven total cornerbacks as it stands right now. You add Fabian Moreau, there's eight cornerbacks that you're going to have on your roster there. And Something to monitor, I guess, but those are the three expected moves that we expect to happen here for Denver once those injured reserve short-term designations get doled out here. So I guess my question will be, does Fabian Moreau come back if Riley Moss is progressing to a point, right? Because Kwan Williams, obviously, he's playing in the, the slot, and you could you figure Riley Moss could probably play either a position, inside or outside, although I guess I don't know exactly where he was practicing most of the he offseason. Was, he was on the outside primarily. Okay, yeah. So, so to me, that would indicate if he's – ready to go if they determine he's ready to go maybe they say i mean sorry i don't know what promises they made to fabian moreau but maybe they kind of have a change of plans there it doesn't feel like fabian moreau is a one-for-one replacement for k1 williams that's for sure it kind of feels more like the broncos would be utilizing moreau to replace moss and what he brings his depth at the outside cornerback position so I'm kind of interested as well as you to see, especially PJ Locke is getting healthy. Will the Broncos maybe then, let's say they try to make other waiver wire moves. Like I I know Jalen Rager was waived by the Minnesota Vikings. Does he get, you know, if you sign him or whatever, you claim him off waivers, then would you cut somebody like a Delarian Turner yell with your safety position being kind of reloaded? Or would it be a Luke Wattenberg, something like that on the offensive line since you got what, 10 guys on the O-line right now. So it just feels like the the roster construction is, as Sean Payton stated, he made it very clear, so nobody should go getting your undies in a bundle or anything over it. It feels like the <laughs> roster is very much in flux as we as we sit here. Like it, Things will change plenty between now and that Raiders game. He has promised that, too. And, and look, I would say this, just watching Sean Payton, like Sean Payton has delivered on a pretty a majority of things that he said to us in the media. You know, he's telling us why he's doing something. You see it executed in a preseason game. 
you know, he goes through and says, you know, this is our plan. This is our vision for this player. You see it maybe being formulated out there at practice and you see maybe why they made a move there initially. So I, like I said, I believe Sean Payton, like he, Sean Payton has no re I mean, you can make the argument for many NFL coaches. They have plenty of reasons to be dishonest with us media hacks, but Sean, I think, has been very fair and, and pretty open with us in the regard of, you know, what we were told about him before he took the job in Denver. Like, oh, yeah, be prepared for this. This is it hasn't been that bad under Peyton. I, like I said, I've actually enjoyed his insight from a coach's perspective and how he shares maybe even the thinking. And that he even talked about it as well. I think when they were trying to assemble the practice squad, he said it, it was a late night. We were here till 2 a.m., even though we didn't put any waiver claims in there. But we talked about all these players and we tagged them and it was just an extended. He said it was a really long conversation. I don't feel like a lot of NFL teams and coaches really give you that insight. So I like I said, for me and my perspective as a former coach and player, hearing Sean Payton talk about certain things, I truly believe him and when he says it. And I've seen him do the things that he said he's going to do. So that's a nice, I'd say, observation so far here from practice. But yeah, I mean, he said, hey, through the first three weeks, you're going to see a lot of change on this roster. And I imagine Denver's roster is going to fluctuate a little bit. And maybe it depends on personnel. Maybe it depends on the team that they're playing. You know, week, week one against the Raiders. I imagine, hey, probably more 12 and 13 personnel because you got to deal with Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Tyree Wilson. And hey, uh, apparently from looking at reports, a revamped Raiders defense. So it's going to be very aggressive. They're going to try to attack. How does Sean Payton counteract that? Uh, that's one thing I'm really excited to see here for the Broncos as really Raiders week is approaching. And that's one thing that Sean Payton said here following Wednesday's practices. Hey, today was still a little bit more on. We put some install in on us. We're still doing some Broncos on Broncos stuff. Next week, we'll begin transitioning into Raiders week. And so things are formulating here for Denver as they get ready for the first week of the NFL regular season, which Broncos country, it's not this week, it's next week. And that's going to be jam packed. It's going to be full of fun here. And what's also going to be full of fun. And we're also going to break it down here. We got to hear from new Broncos kicker, Will Lutz. And we got to hear from offensive tackle, Mike McGlinchey on Wednesday, following practice. We'll get some insight from them, but also before we get into that, folks, let me tell you about the Locked On College channel that we have there. If you're a college football fan, college football is back this weekend. I'm excited about it. I get to sit in my chair. I get to sit in my bed, whatever. I, it depends on how I'm feeling. But I get to turn on the TV and there's college football on. I'm very curious to see what's going on with the CU Buffs as Deion Sanders makes his debut against TCU. How do the Buffs do? Well, there's a Locked On College Football podcast for you if you're a Colorado Buffaloes fan. They have the Locked On Buffaloes podcast, so make sure you go check that out here today. A college football team for you and for our good friend Sarah Benger. We know he's an Iowa Hawkeyes fan. So there's a Locked On Hawkeyes podcast for you as well, Sarah, that you can check out. And you can get that on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. New Broncos kicker Will Lutz made his debut for the team on Wednesday at practice, donning the number 16 there. How did he look in practice? Plus, he also shared some insight about his journey in the last couple of seasons. Just want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch us on YouTube every single day. We appreciate you so much for taking time out of your day to be part of the community that we're building here on Lockdown Broncos. Thank you so much, Broncos country. Sarah, we got to hear from Will Lutz and his introductory press conference in a sense following Wednesday's practice. But I wanted to give Broncos fans a little bit of an update as to some of the things we saw from Will Lutz at practice. And I can tell you this, he has a leg and he even made, he talked about, you know, altitude makes it easier. He just goes and hits his a ball and lets the altitude do the rest there. It's like, he's not changing up his game a little bit, but 
Yeah, he, he can kick it pretty far and, and with plenty of room to spare. So I think that is something I'm excited to see. And uh, he's got some previous familiarity working and training with Riley Dixon before, too. So that chemistry, I think, will be good for those guys. When you talk about a holder to kicker relationship, that's going to be big here for the Broncos. But here's what Will Lutz had to say, because I know a lot of Broncos fans had concerns there about the 74.2% field goal percentage last year, a down year for Will Lutz. Will Lutz was very honest and open about maybe some of the struggles he was dealing with. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, that was tough. Um, I was a guy who's never had surgery in my life, and I went to two and three-month span. So, you know, mentally more than anything, it was the hardest thing I've gone through, you know, missing a year. And, you know, we had one surgery, thought I was coming back, and the next thing you know, it turns out I'm having a second one. So, you know, the hardest thing is watching someone else do your job. And, um, you know, that was difficult. I wanted to play. I wanted to be out there. Um, but look, 2022, 20, no excuses. I didn't have a good year. And that's just, you know, that's all on me. It was mentally, I didn't feel like I was in the right space. Kind of felt like a rookie again um, after missing a year. And, if, you know, I didn't play in front of fans in 2021 because of COVID. And then 2020, no, I'm sorry, 2020, no fans. 2021, I didn't play. And so 2022, week one was my first time in front of fans in a year, in two years. So it was very eye-opening. Um, I didn't handle it the right way. And so, um, you know, I really spent the offseason working on my mentals and kind of getting back to where I was before that. I think it's very good that he pointed out two surgeries in three months. That, first and foremost, Cody, is going to affect any player at any position, regardless of what it is. But especially for a kicker, when you're not in a, a rhythm I continue to, uh, I, I really love this analogy and hopefully I'm not the only one that it resonates with, but I think kickers in the NFL are very much like relief pitchers in major league baseballs. Some years they're going to have just a dominant ERA and they're going to be getting, you know, nine strikeouts per nine innings or 10 or something like that. And, and the accuracy for a kicker is just going to be off the charts. And then all of a sudden you're going to wonder why the heck did this con consistently good kicker have a down or bad year? Well, the reason is, is Cody, oftentimes those guys, relief pitchers, kickers, they get into their head, right? And that's exactly what Will Lutz just described. He talked about, you know, having no excuses for 2022. He said he felt like a rookie again, so he didn't handle it the right way. I mean, it just, it, and, and then he goes on to describe things like, you, you know, not kicking in front of fans, like all of those things factor in. It could sound like excuses to some people. But he's he's saying, I'm not making excuses. I'll give you the reasons for why I struggled. Like we, you got to give guys the ability to give reasons why they struggled and now give him an opportunity to bounce back. So the Broncos are banking on Will Lutz really bouncing back in a big way. It's a crucial position for this team. A lot of fans very critical that they brought in somebody with a lower field goal percentage than even what Brandon McManus had last year and what we've determined to be a cuttable season. So I think that it's valid, the criticism, it's valid, the questioning. But at the same time, like you said, Will Lutz kicking at altitude, it's going to be fascinating to watch. And Cody, side note, I can't remember the last time the Broncos ever had a kicker and punter with double-digit numbers. Anybody in the comments that can tell me when that last happened, uh, you win for the day. Yeah, I can't recall it either. That's actually a great point. I did want to get something out of the way here, just so nobody else can steal it, Sarah. And if somebody else yeah. says it, we know that they stole it from us. And Broncos country, you're free to use this as well. Will Lutz, when he has a good performance or kicks a game-winning field goal, Broncos country likes Will Lutz and they cannot lie. There we go. Had yes. to get it out there. That's going to be Love the motto it. and the mantra. I want to see it on Twitter. But you heard it here first, locked on Broncos. I'm sure there's some other creative ones that Broncos fans can come up with. But 
I, I like the insight. I like the honest reflection. And I, I think it's also another sense of vulnerability and a sense of showing that like, hey, this is a, a sport where people don't care about excuses. But I, I love the point that you made that, hey, you have to be able to allow people to explain why. Right. And and some people interpret that in the lens of, well, that's an excuse. But I feel like that's accountability. I, I And we don't hear too much about accountability. I mean, every single week last week, we heard accountability. It starts with me, but we never saw the accountability factor. So for Will Lutz to come in, he, he even mentioned what you brought up in, I think, yesterday's show here, a change of scenery. He's really excited about it. He, and he said he, he'd be lying if he didn't think that during the preseason, that he didn't have his eye on Denver as a potential destination for him. So. I'm excited about it. I think the biggest thing is, hey, if, if he's making his kicks, making his extra points, Broncos country is going to be very happy about that. But what Broncos country should also be happy about, Mike McGlinchey has been making tremendous progress since he suffered a knee sprain a couple of weeks ago. I had a chance to ask him after practice, how did he feel really uh, going against those joint training camp practices with the Rams? Because you got more reps in two days than you would normally in one or two games so here's what he had to say about that experience and about being back. Obviously, it was a little bit of a hiccup early in camp when I you know, had that happen to the knee, but um, it was great to get back. Our training staff and our, our rehabilitation staff did an unbelievable job um, with the program and, and was able to get back a little bit quicker than expected. And um, live reps against any other a different opponent um, are always incredibly valuable. And those joint practices are a great you know, test. They're a great um way to get your mind on how to compete in a game situation um, because every every day at practice it, it, it's basically like playing a preseason game so um, it was incredibly valuable to get some live bullets from a different jersey and uh, it was uh, I'm, I'm happy to be back for sure certainly speaks to how valuable joint practices are Cody for these players especially Mike McGlinchey who did not appear in the preseason but ultimately that's okay teams utilize these joint practices like we talked about to get even more reps than you would see a starter get in a preseason game so really when you look at Mike McGlinchey and what he said here not to take the attention away from him but I think the fact that he said he got you know he got back onto the field quicker than expected that speaks very highly of the training staff and the the people that are in charge of getting these players back on the field with whether it's you know we call it soft tissue or whatever you want to call it getting back out there on the field quicker than expected kind of indirectly gives me a little bit more hope for Jerry Judy for week one. But I, I love to hear that with McGlinchey because look, you, you said it and we talked about it. It didn't seem like it was the greatest training camp for him kind of had a, a number of penalties out there on the practice field. And obviously there's only so much you can discuss in terms of other things that you saw on the field, but Certainly, McGlinchey is a veteran presence. I got that vibe from his press conference in a big way. Loved hearing him t discuss Jaleel McLaughlin. Loved hearing him discuss kind of the chemistry that the O-line is building and what they want to be known for, which is consistency. So it's just good to have him out there, and it's going to be good to have him. Like you said, the way that things look in week one, it's not going to be the same as we see you know, at the end of the season 18 weeks from now. You don't know Bo Lowry. Bo Lowry's obviously getting it done. And, and look, I think players that I've spoken to have really kind of raved about how Bo approaches injuries and injury management. Sean Payton's obviously raved about it. So, yeah, I mean, you have a knee sprain. You come back in 13 days. That's pretty good progress. Brandon Johnson had the high ankle sprain, came back in 13 days. Same exact timeline as Mike McGlinchey. You like to see that. And I, I think that they have a, a really cool thing like I don't know if people remember this, but Sean Payton, when he went on the Pat McAfee show during the Super Bowl, he's promoting, he was there on behalf of, I think, you know, a product and, and what they call a catapult, right? 
And so what it does is it tracks player movement. It tracks players' workload and management and allows them to get a better idea how much wear and tear they're putting on. And so Sean Payton and the staff, they manage that and they try to approach it from a smart angle. So it's a different approach than what I think we've been accustomed to seeing in the past here. And it's really, I, I think, innovative in the sense of how Bo Lowry produces things. But for Mike McGlinchey to be back, that's good news because I think we're all a little hesitant saying, okay, well, if McGlinchey's not out there, like the optics against Chandler Jones and, and Max Crosby don't look as great. Now, I still think that, hey, wherever Max Crosby lines up, you should line up whoever your offensive tackle is, but you should also be placing Chris Manhurts right there as well to chip him. I think it's going to have to be a double team effort, uh, you know, against him so he doesn't single handedly try to wreck the game. I'm very curious to see what Denver decides to do. But next week begins the prep here for the loss. Vegas Raiders will have you updated here on Lockdown Broncos in tomorrow's episode with the latest roster moves, news, movement, and some other storylines that we can get through as we go along here in Broncos country. Plus, we even react a little bit to maybe some post 48 hour, 72 hour thoughts on the 53 man roster. What was the best positional value? Where are areas that we're concerned? We'll dive deeper that. You'll get that on tomorrow's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos.